you live from endless miles of cornfields surrounding us on both sides in northern <laughs> Iowa. This is the Casual Mystery Tour. Uh, this is Aaron. I'll be the host for uh, today's episode. And uh, we are going to be recording this from a car, FYI, so excuse the slightly uh, uh, lower quality of audio than uh, you're used to. On this episode, we're going to be talking about one place and one place only. On most episodes in the past, we've um, talked about two, maybe even three uh, stops on this road trip, but this, uh, this particular city deserves one entire episode, and that city is Portland, Oregon. We were originally planning on spending only four nights in Portland, but we wound up spending almost an entire week there because um, it was just so gosh darn interesting, uh, we just couldn't leave. Um, so in Portland, we stayed with Nate's childhood best friend, Rachel, um, at her house in this uh, funky little neighborhood in Portland called Selwood. Um, and we just had a, a very interesting and memorable week there. So as many of uh, you listeners probably already know, Portland is a pretty um, unique city. It, it leans slightly left, one could say. <laughs> Only slightly. Very slightly. <laughs> and uh, the residents are known to be slightly more hip than the average American. One could say that. One <laughs> could say that. Um, and <laughs> and and we knew that uh, that people who know us they they want they are going to want us to just cut to the chase um, and talk about the big elephant in the room when it comes to Portland, which is obviously the hipsters. Um, I wouldn't call it an elephant; it's more like a guy with a mustache on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. We, uh, we decided that the best uh, vessel f- from which to explain our experiences with hipsters and general hipsterdom in Portland was to actually devise a list of uh, the most hipster things the four of us did in the city of Portland. Um, this was a very tough list to uh, curate. There was a lot of stiff competition. We narrowed it down to a top seven. So without further ado, number seven. We went several times to a food cart pod around the corner from where we lived. Um, for those of you not in the know, a food cart pod is a little um, like nook in the middle of a city block that, ha- that is just filled with all these little cute food carts. Um, and we had a smorgasbord of very interesting hipster cuisine in this little pod of ours. Yeah, the one, uh, naturally me, uh, I had to seek out the most unhealthy food I could find, so uh, I went to the also city. Also the most unhipster food. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is the only pod where it's not like, oh yeah, that's like an ethnic cuisine, or like that, you know. But yeah, you, you went right for the dogs. The dogs, the sandwiches. The, the city slickers place, which had food based from like a lot of major cities across the US, which naturally grabbed my attention because it has burgers, Italian sausages, cheesesteaks, whatnot. Um, I was actually there three times over the course of the week, <laughs> sadly enough. Um, but it was delicious all three times. Um, I had a cheesesteak, a Italian sausage, and a burger there, which was delicious. Um, and it was like the least hipster thing I probably could have eaten in the entire city of Portland. <laughs> yeah. 
And those two, those two women that were uh, working it, they were like, one was like from Jersey, right? So she like, yeah, they were from like Jersey and New York or something. They, they called me up because the first time I went up there to order, I got an Italian sausage, and I guess like immediately as I said sausage, they're like, you're from the East Coast, aren't you? And I was like, how did you like get me? Aside from my Philadelphia 76ers attire, <laughs> um, they uh, it wasn't obvious based They on were that. like, well, you didn't say sausage. And I was like, "Wait, they taste like? Do they not pronounce it correctly out here? Like, what is wrong with like just like that? The U, I guess, doesn't get pronounced in sausage correctly. Or, or sausage? 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 Yeah, like that's how they say Strange. it out west, apparently. So uh, they picked me out immediately, being East Coasters themselves, and uh, we had a pretty good uh, I what it's called like back and forth uh, for for talking about our love for the East Coast." <laughs> Which was pretty interesting. Yeah, so food cart pods are somewhat hipster, but you know they're they're food cart they're food carts uh, in a lot of cities around the U.S. now. Um, but now we're with uh, number six. We're really getting into um, some deep, deep hipsterdom. Um, so coming in at our list at number six is uh, me and Nate's experience getting haircuts uh, at a place called Bishops. And there's something, um, something unique that they do here at this famous barbershop chain. Well, it's like this old-timey barbershop, so walking in, you're already like, wow, this is uh, very Portland, should I say? Yeah, pretty Portland-y. And then uh, when you're waiting to get your uh, haircut, because it actually was like an hour wait um, to get your haircut, they'll like offer you beers. So only in Portland would they ever think okay, it's a good idea, you know, like, we're just gonna hand everyone who's waiting for their haircut beer, so. It was actually not bad beer, and, uh, yeah, we got pretty good haircuts. I mean, yeah, we both had the sort of a Wolverine look going on, so that needed to be taken care of for sure. And it was nice to get a little bit tipsy before I went and socially interacted with my barber, because uh, that's, usually, uh, that's usually a little bit uh, <sighs> hairy. Um. <laughs> boo, Yeah. Uh, but overall, you know, two tall boy beers, like, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. A little bit of expensive haircut, though. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I think the experience was definitely worth uh, the price. Um, it was a little odd holding a, like, an ice-cold beer in my lap while I'm getting a haircut. Yeah, um, yeah. It's definitely worrying because you're afraid the hair is going to get into the beer. Or at least I was. I oh, I, oh, I held it underneath the oh, uh, me, thing. Yeah. Me too, but then it's like, what if a stray hair, like group of hair goes in when you like go up to sip or something? Oh, yeah. That's a little bit frightening. Well, I, I didn't know when to sip, too. Like, can I sip when he's like, doing my back? Like, yeah, you have back to, of my head? Yeah, you have to keep your head extremely still if you're going to sip a beer while someone's cutting your head. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That yeah, sounds it's actually, really hard, it's actually. It's challenging. It's challenging. <laughs> you have to move only the beer. It's, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. It was our first time trying to drink beers while getting a haircut, so it's <laughs> yeah, understandable exactly. we weren't pros at it right away. No, exactly. Plus, you have to drink a beer while maintaining conversation. That's also pretty hard. It, honestly, it was a challenge that I didn't expect. You're doing like three things at once. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. difficult. Yeah. So props to you, Portland. Uh, you're, you've impressed us with your skills. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, getting free beers uh, at a barber shop, pretty damn hipster, um, but not quite as hipster as what came in at number five on our list. Tim, would you care to explain? 
Yeah, so uh, number five on our list uh, comes to us straight from the Roaring Twenties, from the days of uh, Great Gatsby. Um, <laughs> uh, just a slight lead-in. Um, you, we approached this ha- uh, this seemingly ordinary-looking house um, that Rachel had taken us to, um, and as soon as we walked in, we realized that we were in a throwback speakeasy. That's right, you heard that correctly, a speakeasy. Um, and this place was extremely hipster. Um, I had uh, a little bit of uh, a shock because I'm a huge history nerd, and the whole entire thing was filled with... Uh, prohibition era decor like there were roosevelt for president sign all over the place repealed the 18th amendment which is the prohibition uh, amendment signs over the place stars with 48 uh, uh or excuse me the flag with 48 stars on it um but the each perhaps the most significant thing about this place was that each drink was a uh, 1920s themed drink drink and there were alcohols on there that i had never even heard of i don't know about you guys uh for example there were well everyone's heard of this but there was absinthe there there was uh i, I don't remember what else what other kinds of half, drinks were there half the ingredients i really <laughs> did not even know i yeah. had no idea what i was drinking that's something that they tell you not to do yeah we had no choice but to just like go for it i actually ordered a drink that uh so Rachel told me that the, one of the guys sitting at the bars uh, was like a total regular, like this like middle-aged dude, and um, like he basically got amazing taste in alcohol. So he, um, so I actually ordered what that guy was having. I was like, oh, that guy up there. I told the, the bartender who came around, like, give me what he's having, basically. And it was like this weird flower drink that was like with gin and a bunch of other things. I don't even. I don't even know. I don't think any of us know. I uh, I went with a good old classic, the Joel Embiid special, the uh, Shirley Temple for myself because Wait, I'm what a, you actually that's Joel Embiid special. Joel Embiid drinks pictures of Shirley Temple. <laughs> what the f- like every day. <laughs> that's disgusting. So I like it wasn't even. I went off menu for it because I was just like I I was confused at a lot of the drinks too, and I was really feeding a Shirley Temple so. I just went for it because I'm a classy hoe, and it was <laughs> But this this being Portland, didn't your drink look absolutely nothing like a Shirley Temple? Literally nothing like a Shirley Temple, and it didn't even wasn't even like exactly tasting like a Shirley Temple. It, he said he had he didn't have like the grenadine, so he had to like mix something else with cherry something to get it in there. Um, but overall, it was like extremely delicious still, but uh, not the uh, the classic Shirley Temple. It had a nice speakeasy spin on it so yeah hidden speakeasies decorated like the 1920s just another night in portland i guess um but next coming in at number four on our list is a place colloquially known in portland as the bins and (laughs) out of the (laughs) out of the four of us (laughs) <laughs> One person was particularly into the bins. Maybe um, you can guess who that was. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I will let I will let Nate take it away from here and explain exactly what uh, the bins entail. Yeah, I was really stoked for the bins, as you can imagine if you've been listening to this podcast. I'm sort of the grungy. Uh, we'll just say if I were the hip, a hipster type, which I might actually be, able, you know, to be determined, I would be the <laughs> I'd be half hobo hipster at least. So. Uh, the bins are the, it's like the nickname for the Goodwill outlets um, in Portland, and 
literally when you go in, it's uh, not like a normal Goodwill at all where there's like racks and stuff like that. It literally is blue bins full of a random assorted clothing, um, like, you know, appliances and books and everything. It's just completely mashed into these bins. I mean, it's, it gets a little bit hairy, but Ra Rachel was assuring us, <clears throat> Rachel was assuring us that, uh, that these bins could actually hold gold and she found like amazing finds there. Uh, so I was like extremely excited because number one, it sounded like extremely intense experience. Like you just go in and you're like, you're just reaching your hand, your hands through these, uh, these bins. And you're like throwing clothes all over the place. And like, you're really not sure. It's a little bit, a little bit frightening, a little bit, uh, hairy because you, um, aren't sure whether you're going to actually find something like Rachel has found dirty diapers in the bins before. Like I'm, I was like in the back of my mind, I was like, Oh God, please let there not be like AIDS needles in there. Like hopefully there's not dirty needles in the bins. Like that I'm going to get my hand pricked on. That was my number one concern. Um, but like you go in there and yeah, you, it literally was exactly how she described it. You're going and like, you're just rooting through stuff and like trying to find some cool, cool stuff. And then when you buy it, you have to, it's literally, it's by pound that you're buying clothing or books or appliances or whatever. It's by pound. So, um, and then there's different brackets for the amount of stuff you get. So yeah, quite an intense little experience right there. Um, yeah. And it's this massive room with probably like a hundred of these huge blue bins. And you had hipsters there, but you also had a bunch of other types of people um, throughout Portland. You had uh, your you know, like very working class people trying to get some good deals in yeah. there as well. A lot of families with kids, like, you know. Yeah, you had, you had some people who were clearly experienced bin shoppers. Oh yeah. Um, who were just like going through like crazy with you know, laser focus, yep. trying to find good deals. Oh yeah, these people are, cl are clearly professionals, and Rachel was saying we should look out for them because they're actually territorial of, over the bins <laughs> that come out, uh, come out like the new bins that get rolled out onto the floor. Um, they they like go in and they're like waiting for that bin, and then they like just root through it as quickly as they can, like to get anything they can resell yeah. later. It was it was thrift shopping on steroids. On total steroids. Yeah. Um, you might think you enjoy thrift shopping, but you might you might realize that your thrifting skills are not up to par with uh, the level of the, the bins regulars here. Oh yeah, yeah. These people these people knew what they were doing. They had their gloves on. You know, they had the gloves. They had yeah. their were, headphones in. They were locked in. No, oh, like, yeah, they had their nothing was getting like, in their way. They yeah, were like exactly. laser focused and would just like throw everything out of the way. They're just like going as quickly as possible. And then if they don't get on the, the bin that just came out, they like stand and wait for the next bin where it's going to be placed. They were swarming like vultures. The new bins that were uh, coming out. Yeah, exactly. And they worked in teams too. There were a couple teams I saw. Really, there were teams. Yeah, there were teams. Oh, there were teams. teams. I did not know. Yeah, that. I didn't know. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah, they'll they'll pick a whole row and then they'll just they'll be like two friends or three friends and they'll just be working that one row and just completely go through it. Wow. wow. Yeah. They'll like stake out an area. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And that's why you don't go to the bins uh, that are just being rolled out because these people are trying to make money off oh, of it. Oh yeah. They're gonna they're not, if you get in their way they will be annoyed at you like because you're you're messing with their livelihood. And Nate, you actually came away with. Uh some merchandise 
Oh yeah, I was. A, I'm the. I'm the proud owner of a, a new extremely ugly sweater um, <laughs> that you could easily see on like Ken Bone from the last election, <laughs> or maybe like Mr. Rogers. Um, actually, you know what? It's not even Mr. Rogers level. No. It's uglier. Than it's Mr. Way Rod uglier, Mr. Rogers yeah. had better fashion. Yeah, yeah. Like he was too fly. Um, and I also came away with some wool socks, which. Uh, we went with Rachel's friend, and he was like sort of questioning whether those were like a viable thing to get, considering they're already worn wool socks. But I think his specific words were, "Hmm, you got socks? <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah, I got socks. <laughs> I think they're gonna be good though. They'll you know, be fine. You washed them. Yeah, you washed them. Yeah, they'll be all right. They'll maybe right. twice. But <laughs> maybe twice. They don't yeah, smell. Maybe bad. heavy duty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and you know, it was all two dollars. So well, you know, I can like not bad at all. Yeah. Okay, so at this point through the list, you're probably thinking to yourself, what could possibly top these past uh, hipster feats? I mean, so far we've talked about food cart pods, Free beers in a barber shop, secret speakeasies, and massive by-the-pound outlet stores. Um, but uh, fasten your seatbelts because these last three are going to be a real doozy. You have no idea what you're in for. You had no idea hipsterness could take it, could go this far. Um, so coming in at number three, we have. <clears throat> A kombucha, sorry, kombucha, a kombucha. I can't believe you mispronounced kombucha. Oh. I totally lost all my hipster cred right there. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Not that I really had any. Anyway. No, don't be so hard on yourself, Aaron. Yeah, I listen to Arcade Fire. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that bad. Um, but yes, number three, a kombucha self-serve tap room. I'll say that again. A kombucha self-serve tap room. So, let me just try to paint a picture for you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> you really gotta break this one down. Yeah, let's just break this down. Yeah. Actually, Nate, I think you can do a pretty good job of explaining what kombucha is. Yes, well, I... Uh, you have brewed hard, yes, exactly. hard cider in the past. Uh, yeah, I did brew hard cider on, under my uh, my roommate's <laughs> dorm room bed in freshman year. That was, uh, that was quite interesting. But this is this is a, a much more professional sort of operation. Um, but yeah. I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does that make me kind of hipster? I think that makes me oh, hipster. Oh, that dude. definitely. Oh, dude. It that is extremely hipster. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I'm a hipster. It is what it is. <laughs> it's not necessarily a, a, a negative thing. So it's a spectrum. It's yeah. a spectrum. <laughs> it's a spectrum. One could say. Tim would also, yeah, Tim would I would say. agree that it is a spectrum. Yeah, Tim's all about spectrums. I'm an expert on spectrums, actually. Just in general. Yeah, um, all types of spectrums. He's an expert at being in the middle of the I spectrum. Am, I am exactly in the middle of the Roughly 15% I'm in the spectrum. You know, you know what the spectrum is, and you know exactly where you are, which is in the but, middle of the but spectrum. On the, but on the spectrum of spectrum experts, are you really in the middle? No, I'd say you're on the high end of spectrum. I would say I'm extremely high end on the, on Tim the spectrum. Tim is extremely efforts. on the high end of, of a spectrum. It happens to be the spectrum of spectrums. <laughs> of, but, but that is where we'll I take am it. on the spectrum spectrum. Okay, anyway, anyway, this is a digression. Slightly a slight, slight digression. <laughs> <laughs> slight digression. 
slight digression. Okay, slight anyway, digression. Nate, anyway. you were explaining to our listeners what kombucha <laughs> all right, is. All right, kombucha is uh, it's fermented tea. So what that means is, uh, and it's actually a really interesting thing. So you get a bunch of tea and you put like sugar in there and water and some other things. Uh, I don't know the whole process, but, and then you put in uh, uh, a scoby, which is like a starter scoby, I believe. And Rachel, my friend who brews kombucha is gonna kill me about this. Cause I'm gonna get something messed up. But uh, you get this, put in this starter scoby, which is actually this symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast that need each other to survive. And it's like this sort of weird gelatinous thing that you go and you put into this uh, feeder thing and it, it eats the tea and the sugar and produces this sort of um, fermented drink that you can, uh, it actually tastes pretty good. I mean, like, uh, it's not anything like tea. It's honestly, it's, it's really its own thing. It's not like beer, it's not like tea. It's kombucha, it's like, uh, it, it's, and there's a bunch of different ways to make it and a bunch of different flavors you can get. So it's pretty cool, honestly, but uh, extremely, all it's like, it's all the rage in Portland. And I, I can totally see this coming back out east eventually, but they're, of course, ahead of the curve because, you know, they saw it first, you know. <laughs> I've been brewing kombucha under my bed for four years, you know, like, uh, I understand you're just getting into it now, but, like, you don't really understand. It's pretty deep as a hobby, so. Hobby. <laughs> yeah, so we went to a kombucha tap room. I'll, I'll let Aaron explain the rest of that there, but that's yeah. what kombucha is. Yeah, um, I also really enjoy kombucha, actually. It's like, to me, it's like a mix between, um, like, sweet tea and beer. Um, very refreshing. I think that's pretty accurate, yeah. 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 Like, if you're craving a beer or a sweet tea, I think it will uh, quench both of those cravings. Um, but yeah, so our friend uh, and Portland host... Rachel um, took us to this kombucha self-serve tap room. So this is a room with no employees, where they're just it almost is like um like a uh, frozen yogurt place sort of, but instead of frozen yogurt, it's kombucha, and they the company that runs this tap room just trusts the customers to pay for the kombucha that they drink. So you're in this empty room. We were the only ones there, um, and we're just sipping all this kombucha. And I was really taken aback because I just think it's crazy that a for-profit company concludes that it's uh, a good idea to have a completely self-serviced business like that, um, and just they have just the trust that they have in. Uh, the people of Portland is crazy. As hipster as it is, I think it was actually a pretty awesome sign for humanity <laughs> and like commerce um, that a business can can do something like that. And I hope I hope it actually is working because um, that's a pretty it's a pretty neat thing that uh, they can have that level of trust in people. This podcast is brought to you by Female Interaction female interaction. Something you don't realize how important it is until you spend six weeks in a car with only three guys. Female interaction. Okay, so coming in uh, at number two, the first runner-up is uh, something that uh, Tim and I did one of our first days in Portland. Um, It was quite something. Tim, would you care to expand? Yeah, so... To, to set the stage here, um, and just to be honest about the facts, um, 
I am a uh, extreme caffeine addict. Uh, so while we were, uh, I believe they already know that. Yeah, I mean, that, that might have been discussed. <laughs> it's definitely on the, come uh, up. A proud caffeine addict, I might add. Um, yeah. I'm not ashamed of it. Would I you, love would you it. even say militant? I would argue I'm a militant caffeine addict. Um, anyway, uh, so as we were thrifting, we were uh, in, uh, what neighborhood was that? Was that Silwood or what? Uh, we were on uh, Hawthorne. We, yeah, we on were Hawthorne. on Hawthorne Boulevard. Um, one, of was, the most, one of the most hipster boulevards, I think, in existence. Yes, yes. Um, as will be demonstrated uh, when I finish. Um, so we were thrifting, and I was starting to get pretty tired because it had been about two hours since I had my last cup of coffee, and I was needing another one. Um, so I said to Aaron, like, Aaron, dude, we got we got to get some more uh, coffee, and he agreed. Well, for me. Um, so we uh, <laughs> so we left the thrift store and went down to uh, to this uh, food cart pod. So already, so already, just to start off the bat, we're at the. the Number six on our list, or number seven rather. But, um, but, but this is a different food cart pod. Yeah, different food cart yeah. pod. But but a food cart pod. So it's already hipster just to start off the. Bed. And we were coming from a thrift shop. And we were coming from a thrift shop, so it's already a pretty extreme. solid thrift shop. Yeah, a pretty solid uh, thrift shop. Um, so let me just break this down for you, uh, for what happened from my point of view. Um, so we look and see uh, a double-decker bus at the back of this uh, food cart pod. Okay, so already it's a double-decker bus, which how many of those do you see in the S? Not very many. Um, some, but not that many. So we go up and we realize that it's a Turk, uh, excuse me, an Egyptian coffee uh uh, restaurant slash cafe um, in this food cart pod on a double decker bus. So we go, go in and we, uh, or me, Aaron, and I order our um, Egyptian coffee. Um, so after we order, we go upstairs to double decker bus, and it is filled with Egyptian uh, slash Middle Eastern style decor on the top of this double decker bus in a food cart pod on one of the most hipster streets in the country. Um, Finally, we're served our Egyptian coffee, which I had never had before, but it was quite interesting how you ate it. Um, well, already uh, it was pretty hipster because it was served on homemade, home-carved uh, plates slash boxes. And you, the way you drank your coffee was you poured your coffee from this... How would you describe it, Aaron? I don't even know how you describe uh, this thing. Like a... Like a not a... Uh, like a tiny teapot sort of yeah kind of uh yeah. it was kind of like if you turned a candle extinguisher like upside down that's kind of what it looked like um candle extinguisher like you know the things you put on candles to put them out those things i don't know what they're called um oh, if you I turn that upside down that's what it looked like and you poured it that out extremely time. delicately um because at the bottom there were a lot of grains which i had never had egyptian coffee before um and uh then you drank it and it was quite Pleasant. Um, and it was also served with uh, Turkish delight. And there were also uh, different types of um, additions or additives you could put in your coffee. Like Aaron, what what type of uh, thing so, did you put in your coffee? So at this point, we're on the top of this double decker bus. I'm drinking Egyptian coffee uh, out of these like fancy uh, fancy cups and pots. I'm already basically overdoing on hipsterness, but the coffee is really bitter. Um, so. I go downstairs and uh, I look at, you know, if they have some sugar cubes or, you know, something of the like. And of course, uh, I come back upstairs holding buckwheat honey. <laughs> so, I think that just really tipped the scale. I think the, that was the most, at that point, the most hipster thing I've ever done in my entire life. Drinking Egyptian coffee on the top of a double-decker bus in a food cart pod with buckwheat honey. 
Listeners, beat that. I dare you. I dare it's pretty you. Pretty hard, honestly. Yeah. That uh, that's number two on our list. You might be wondering at this point what number one is. Um, what could possibly be more hipster? Mm-hmm. Like to, just for another quick rundown, we've talked. We've done since speaking since talking about speakeasies and thrift bins and beers and haircuts and food food cart pods. We talked about kombucha, self serve tap rooms. Talked about Egyptian coffee on double decker bu- buses with buckwheat honey. Um, what could possibly top all of those six things? But this one, this one just couldn't be beaten. So number one on our list, Nate, you got this. I'm sorry, Rachel. Number one on our list, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to apologize. It's a little bit rude to call you the most hipster thing out of all those hipster things we did. However, okay, look, look at look at yourself in the mirror. Like the no, <laughs> but no, okay. So uh, it's because uh, just the all the hipster stuff that you do. You know, you you brew kombucha in your house on your own. You're working at a distillery. We did a. Um, I would call. We didn't mention the distillery in uh, you know the craft distillery that we went to because it's falls under your area of, uh, of expertise. You're, you're the one that gave us that, that hipster distillery tour, which was great, by the way. Um, and then uh, you brought us to all these amazing places where we experienced all these amazing hipster sort of uh, things. So you were the avenue through which we experienced the hipsterness of Portland. Therefore, you are the most hipster thing on this list. And uh, yeah, and also you're gonna work at a um, underground, literally underground kombucha speakeasy, um, craft brew kombucha speakeasy. Where, when you showed us the video uh, of it, your owner, the owner is uh, your boss, is sitting cross-legged, barefoot, in the kombucha speakeasy, <laughs> and he basically he could he might as well be a yogi, honestly. And you have to you have to take off your shoes before entering. I mean. Come on, Rachel, are you even trying? Are you even trying to not be hipster? Yeah. We'll send you your trophy in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> and also, another thing, you just moved to uh, Hawthorne, the street where we went uh, thrifting slash, um, they got the Egyptian coffee and did a bunch of that. The speakeasy was on that street, the kombucha. Uh, not the speakeasy, the uh, kombucha tap room was on that street. So possibly the most hipster street in Portland. And you're finally there. You're in your rightful home um, at the at the top of, of, of hipsterdom. Um, yeah. Not to say, look, not to say, I think we should maybe I'll talk about this and give a little disclaimer. We're not shitting on hipsters. We loved all the stuff we did. It's just oh, the yeah, fact, yeah. it's a certain hipster essence that's at the heart of all these things. Like, it's, a, it's like a little bit hip. A little bit stir, and uh, you know, like that. We liked it. Like honestly, we liked all that stuff. So we're not shitting on it. Yeah, I mean, Portland is definitely a very hipster place. But honestly, I think the hipsterness makes it a much more interesting city to be in. I mean, oh, for sure. We can't do. We can't do any of these things really anywhere else besides Portland. Um, and it seemed like every everywhere you go, whether it was a barber shop or a restaurant or a bar or anything, there was just something a little unique and special about it that would probably uh, render it hipster, I guess, but 
at, at a certain point, you just got to be like, okay, this is just kind of cool. Like, people just people just put in a little more uh, thought into stuff. Um, they add a little something extra a lot of the time. Um, and if that means a, play, a thing is hipster, then so be it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, they, they obviously care about what they're doing, and they're making really good beer and kombucha, and it just, it just seems like a great place to live, like, overall. So... I mean, you know, it's hipster, but like, uh, uh, like the, the hipsters are, in some ways, they're doing it right. I mean, just because it's hipster doesn't mean it's pretentious. I have to add, though, there are, I do have a problem with pretentiousness, and there is, for sure, a streak of pretentiousness in some parts of Portland. But honestly, the people there were nice, mostly, you know, and like it's like the, the everything we did there was really, you know, unique and interesting, and and uh, made for a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Wait to to add on to what Aaron was saying. There's just so many things in Portland that are so unique to Portland that you cannot do anywhere else. Uh, and that really nowhere else in my experience is even close. Which makes it a really interesting city to go to. Yes, there's pretentiousness, but I think the sum of the variety and interestingness outweighs the, the pretentiousness, in my opinion. Yeah, so honestly, Rachel, if you're a little bit mad right now, like that's what we think about hipsters. And uh, take it as a compliment, you know? Yeah, take it as a yeah. compliment. You're number, you're number one most hipster. That means uh, that you're the number one. Yeah. You were an Probably. awesome. You were an awesome host. You're all, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic host. Yes. Yeah. There was a reason we stayed in Portland for an extra Definitely. three days. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, we made your house uh, our home for that for that uh, that week. It was we like did. it was really nice. Yeah. I think all of us were a little bit fatigued. Um, after having traveled for so long, it was nice to just like have a home, sort of for almost like a whole week. Yeah, it gave us a little bit of rest. It reminded me of our house in Delaware. <laughs> Shut up, Tim. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> want to hear it right now. <laughs> so we spent six nights um, in Oregon, but uh, in the middle of our week in Portland, we actually drove uh, down south uh, near Eugene um, for uh, for one night to visit some friends. Uh, Leonard, you want to talk more about that? Yeah, so uh, we went down uh, near Eugene, as Aaron said, to visit our three friends who are also doing like a California-type road trip. Um, they're Maddie, Navika, and Hazel. Um, it was really nice for us because uh, to get, see friends from uh, UD especially, like that, uh, because we had only really seen the three of us like constantly for the past four or five weeks. So... Uh, Nice breakup to finally get to interact with people outside of our immediate three, four group of people. Um, and, uh, yeah, especially because, uh, you know, as we've been joking around about the, uh, the, the the married couple of me and Nate and Tim and Aaron's harmonious relationship, but there have been little moments where we've been grinding on each other a little bit. But, honestly, it hasn't been that bad so far. Yeah, honestly, when you consider the fact that we've been in extremely tight quarters for about, you know, five, six weeks, like, I, it's been pretty good, I would say. Like, we've been doing a pretty good job at uh, keeping each other content. But it was really nice to, to get out there and see other people. Yeah, it was a little bit of a reset button. Yeah, as I was saying, it's not like we were, like, actually fighting or anything. But Leonard and I got to the point, like, roughly uh, right before... Uh, we went and saw Maddie and Beacon and Hazel, um, where like we were arguing about whether the windows should be up or down, like having like well not like a real argument, just like sort of playfully argument, but both of us uh, were like kind of annoyed with the other one. Yeah, so I would say that like um, 
yeah, just being able to have a, a whole week in Portland where we had our own space and hanging out with you know different people than just us four really ended up being pretty uh, 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 revitalizing for all of our friendships. Yeah, and and the day before uh, we went camping uh, in Central Oregon with our friends uh, Navika, Maddie, and Hazel, um, <laughs> we uh, went on. Uh, a hike near this uh, really beautiful gorge um, with uh, my friend Maddie, who's, all, who's also from Portland and showed us around. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> and Tim, Nate, and Leonard uh, wound up hiking a little bit on their own and ran into a, a few issues, right? Yeah, so uh, it was pretty uh, annoying for me because. Uh, we got to, like, we had gotten separated because Aaron's lazy and sucks at hiking, so we got really far ahead <laughs> oh of him. God. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he was he was distracted, so, like, basically, me, Tim, and, and Nate just had been hiking on our own, and uh, they were like, oh, yeah, like, let's just go. Like, obviously, the path continues right here, um, and it's, like, this really narrow pathway with, like, overgrown bushes on both sides, and the entire time, we probably went, like, another 20 minutes that way, and every, like, not I don't even think it was, like, 30 seconds going by where I go, guys, this is definitely not the way to go. Like, I'm turning around. Like, I swear to God, please turn around. Like, this is clearly not the way to go. And they're like, no, 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 this is the, we're the experienced hikers and capers here. Like, like we definitely are right. Like, we have a great sense of direction. I'm like, guys, this is, like, this just doesn't seem right to me. And then we eventually got to a fork in the road, and we were waiting for Aaron for probably another 20 minutes, thinking that he was, like, following behind us. But it turns out that uh, we actually had gone the incorrect way, um, much to my chagrin. Um, <laughs> there's yeah. some slight, there's some slight exaggerations yeah. to that story. Yeah, well, you're telling the story like you know we just have no idea what we're doing. We're just blindly going up because we think we're so right. Also, but you know what? <laughs> you know what, Leonard? You know what, Leonard? Did you see the path to go? I don't think you saw it, dude. I did not, but we, I we also went knew on the wrong where track, we were man. going was not the correct way. Also, dude, we only lost like 10, 15 minutes. It was not yeah, like, a, it, it was, was like 20, 15 no, minutes no, no, no. max, dude. It was not that 15 long. 15 minutes yeah. away from the path. And another thing is we saw other hikers coming back right. oh, yeah. um, uh, pretty early on. So I was like, oh, this is probably the right path. Those are other hikers that are like going the same route as us. And then they, they are coming back the other way. So, um, I mean, it, it, it wasn't as clear as you're making it, you know? All right, man. All right. It was pretty clear break? when I had to go sideways through I, I, paths, I thought we were like, over this, dude. I thought we were over this. Covered on both sides, getting scratched by bushes and everything. Uh, and oh I especially got gosh. angry because on the way back, there was like, we were like climbing up like rocks and everything. And like, I ended up like taking a misstep and I like turned my ankle completely on its side and fell into a bush. So going the incorrect way, not only got me a partially sprained ankle, but also my arm was covered in all these scratches and everything from falling into the bush. Uh, I, I think you can take responsibility for your own ankle rolling. I don't, I don't think that. I don't you think you can get mad at us, us for, yeah. for you rolling. If we were not ankle. on the path that I had to be knocking branches out of my way and not able to look down where I'm going, I wouldn't have stepped on a rock. If you didn't have the agility of a newly born giraffe, <laughs> then, <laughs> then perhaps yeah. you wouldn't have rolled your ankle. Coming from Quite a, a newly born giraffe. <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not the newly born. Uh, you're, you're, okay, you're right. I'm more like a newly born giraffe. But I was gonna say that would definitely be an apt description for your. For agility. Yeah, you're right. Uh, 
So things are going great. Um, <laughs> we're yeah, really we not really we're... decreased the tension. <laughs> the funny thing is, it w they were lower, but now we've been back in the car for like you know two weeks, and we're recording this like uh, all that a lot longer, a lot later. So you know, uh, I would say I'm, I'm getting a little bit sick of these uh, these mofos. You guys know what right, I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, we need to get the hell out of this car. <laughs> <laughs> We've been in the car too long. We have been in the car way too long. Yeah. Um, what is car? <laughs> yeah. Car is. <laughs> Indeed. 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 Okay, so that about wraps things up uh, for our uh, adventures in Portland. Um, but we have a few housekeeping items to uh, address before um, this episode ends. First, uh, we'd like to uh, give a huge shout out and thank you to Tim's parents. Uh, they graciously financed two of our um, hotel stays in, in uh, Denver and Las Vegas, um, which was extremely nice of them. Uh, we are uh, not rolling in the dough, so to speak, at this point of the trip. So that was really helpful. Thank you, mom and dad. You're the best. Yeah. Yeah. You got. Yeah. You guys made it possible for us to go to some more expensive cities, you know, and do some things that we really wanted to do, you know. Yeah. Make the podcast interesting. So we really appreciate it. Yeah. And, and number two on the house games <laughs> list. This is something that I, I really uh, I needed to address this at, at least a few pod uh, podcast episodes ago. Um, but I need to make this very clear for a lot of our listeners. <laughs> including his family. Including my, <laughs> including my own family, who I thought knew me well. Um, but I, So I need to be as clear as, as I can be about this. <coughs> I, Aaron King, I am not actually a vegan. <gasps> yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this can't be true. <laughs> no, I, uh, I am a carnivore I do eat some animal products hot food. chicken barbecue ribs yeah like. if you if you were paying attention you would have noticed <laughs> jambalaya that I, that, that crawfish, <laughs> crawfish crawfish yeah we've eat, I've taken part in a wide variety of um, animal rich meals so far this trip um, so I just need to get that out there for anyone who hasn't already texted me or snapchatted me Asking if I was actually vegan, the answer is no. It was uh, it was just a little uh, inside joke we had in the group um, about my militant veganism. And uh, for those of you that did fall for that, the commercial on the last podcast, that was for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was for you. Come on, yeah, come on, come on, come, come on, guys. On. Did you really think I was a militant vegan? Really, really? He said that cannibalism was okay. Yeah. I thought that was the clear giveaway. Yes. Yeah, the sarcasm I thought was I thought it was pretty thick. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, sarcasm does not translate well to yeah. podcasts. I guess it Apparently, doesn't. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Which is like ninety percent of this podcast. So yeah, yeah. yeah. If if we're joking about something, it seems like a little bit ridiculous. We're probably being sarcastic about it. Yeah. If we're laughing afterwards, we're probably being sarcastic about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just need not to, to not to <laughs> hold your hand too much. Maybe that was a little <laughs> condescending. <laughs> that was probably a little bit condescending. I'm sorry, everyone who. 
Anyway, so sorry. Yeah, we're so sorry. <laughs> we apologize greatly. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I just had to get that um, out in the open. I'm not actually a militant vegan. So, yeah, now that those housekeeping items are done with, this wraps up uh, our Portland podcast. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and as they say in Portland... Wait, wait, wait. Is this grass-fed? If not, then bye! bye. Jeremy, I went to this cafe the other day. You will never believe what they tried to give me. I ordered organic kombucha. Of course. Always. Kombucha. And I looked at the label. It was made with only 97% organic scoby. <gasps> That's what? 97%? Oh my god. It has 3% additives. Additives? Yes. What are those? Are those like chimos? So obviously I instantly left a one-star review on Yelp right when I got home. Good for you. I told everyone in my CSA to avoid the Greenbrier Taste House. It's on Hawthorne. Additives. Additives? Additives. What are they adding?